How do you say, ha ha, that bitch is dead in French? Minetta. Welcome to episode 50 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the middle of June 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and kicking off our summer series. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my own bacteria whisperer, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. It fills us with joy to live and breathe the X-Men 24-7, so follow us and join in. Which X-Men would you want to breathe in the most? Scott Summers. And speaking of getting filled, fucking! That's right, I said a bad word. We say lots of bad words on this podcast, so you're probably going to hear the word fucking a whole lot more. Also, you might hear some graphic talk about the butt, penis, and or vagina. You can combine some of those things. <laughs> you like talking about butt, penis, and vagina. <laughs> vagina. Do you like talking about butt, penis, and or vagina? Vagina. Then this is the podcast for you, and there's your explicit content warning. Uh, introducing introduce it yeah chris we have uh we have a special guest on this episode and he is the randazzling chris say hi chris uh fucking did i do that right (laughs) oh my god chris said a bad word chris said a bad word we got it recorded for posterity (laughs) chris i I say bad words all the time i'm gonna show this to your children (laughs) please do how are you going to show them a podcast? Listen, I haven't figured it out yet. The internet can do wonderful things these days, Chris. Come on. Uh, all right. So, uh, so yeah. So this is Chris. Chris, um, why don't you tell uh, tell tell us a little bit? We don't know who you are. Uh, we met you on the street. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a uh, I'm a hobo. I live on the streets, <laughs> and uh, I just happen to have some recording equipment. Oh boy. Uh, no, my name is Chris Randazzo. I am. Um, uh, one of the founders of Geekade.com. I am a uh, a big X-Men fan. I have been since I was a little kid. Uh, I'm, I'm a video game lunatic. I host the Stone Age Gamer podcast and the Waveback Music podcast, which is about video game music, because I am a colossal nerd. Um, Colossus. Fitting. Uh, yeah, Colossus, lethal one. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, d- I write for Nintendo Force magazine. I run social media for uh, StoneAgeGamer.com. Uh, I love Juicy Juice. It is a wonderful drink. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. I'm a little overweight. Uh, I've been working on that. Uh, I'm wearing shorts right now. They're plaid. Uh, it's it's a. I think it's a bold look, right? I'm I'm usually in denim, but uh, now now I'm wearing plaid. Uh, I had some athlete's foot a few weeks ago. You Got are... some tough actin tenactin. Clean that up. Uh, you are everything a dad could possibly be. <laughs> I am is, dad personified. And that is fantastic. Yes, I am a dad. I have two children. Yay. They're I, loud. I have a dog. <laughs> that's that's almost the same thing. Just about. And I have a so, penis. So, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's something else to take care of, too. You know what I mean? I got to take it out yeah. for a walk every once in a while. So, uh, anyway. Mario says... Wash your foreskins. <laughs> I have a, I have a lot of questions about your penis. If you need to take it out for a walk, but uh, that's a podcast for another podcast. So uh... yeah, so so Chris is here because first Chris is awesome, Chris, and it's my birthday, and it's yeah, <laughs> yep. Is today your birthday, Patty? It yeah. was. It was two days ago. Two days ago. It was two days ago. And you okay. didn't wish me a happy birthday on Facebook, oh, so I'm unfriending you. Damn. I've been in fair. Uh, in fairness, I've been mostly off of social media for uh, a while. 
uh, just because I've eh, long story uh, tired of uh, tired of the incessant negativity around uh, lots of things because I I like to nerdishly enjoy the things that I nerdishly enjoy and oh you should uh, block me then. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I, I jumped back on for, for E3 this week because, like I said, I, I love video games and I just kept poking through uh, every, I, I was poking through everything just to find the latest news that uh, wasn't during the, the press releases and whatnot. But mm. I'm, I'm back off of social media now, so uh, I am sorry that I didn't get to wish you a happy birthday on Facebook, but I am wishing you one now in relative person. So <laughs> okay. happy birthday. Well, you're on some thin ice, bro. <laughs> But thank you. You know, uh, that's my favorite kind of ice. Mine is vanilla. The, uh, <laughs> what? Ice, that, was, ice, that was fantastic. Okay, look, um, stop. All right. Collaborate and listen. So, so, so yeah, Chris and I were, were talking a little while ago about, about potentially having him guesting over the summer. And then I thought to myself, oh, 50th. 50th episode. What and can, Patty's birthday. And Patty's birthday. What mm-hmm. can we do for that? We're doing the summer series, cartoon episodes. And then you brought up how, you know, you could basically recite Pride of the X-Men from beginning to end. So I was like, you know what? This is perfect. 50th episode, middle of June. We're going to have Chris on. We're going to kick off our special summer series by talking about Pride of the X-Men. Which I believe is the first animated X-Men thing possibly i there there might have been one in the 60s they did some i think some shitty animated marvel cartoons in the 60s with like the hulk and maybe iron man i could be wrong i'm too lazy to look that up then there was also spider-man and his amazing friends and there was that episode with the x-men there was the x-men episode that is that yes yeah it's not the first time they've appeared animated i think this was the first First. x-men like the first like dedicated X-Men gotcha. thing but I'm going to I'm going to research that while you guys uh you know do important things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no no no, this is the first dedicated X-Men cartoon. I I'm sure of that as well. But also it was nice to have Chris on because without him uh Mutant Musings would not be a thing. You know, I had an idea a few years ago to to do a podcast talking about the X-Men. Uh we you know talked to some people, got the microphone and uh and we recorded a demo episode and he had to suffer through that to give his opinion <laughs> on what should, on what we should do and then and that has never been released and that will never be released uh, <laughs> i have not destroyed all evidence of its existence but i need to get around to that but yeah i mean and so a sincere thank you to to chris for allowing mutant musings to to be a thing and kind of grow and change as it's become and i know we're not big potatoes by by any stretch of the imagination but it's been nice to what grow kind of potatoes are we Oh, Are we sweet potatoes? We're disco fries. Is big potatoes the opposite of small fries? <laughs> yes, big potatoes is the... Is that not common knowledge? What the fuck? <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> uh, no, I... Well, to <laughs> respond to that, I say thank you. Um, sure. You guys are... Uh, I'm big fans of you guys. I don't listen Aww. to your show as often as I'd like because I don't listen to listen to or do anything as often as I'd like, but... Uh, <laughs> we're We've been proud to have you guys on, on Geekade since launch, and... I love how you, your show has gotten so much bigger uh, since you guys started. Like, yeah. really, you guys took off, and maybe the last several months has been pretty remarkable. So, congratulations to you guys! Thank you. 
And also, thank you to, to the listeners. Honestly, it's it's fantastic when we talk about something and then there's a comment on social media or like a, a direct message either on Twitter or Instagram from somebody. Um, sometimes I'll see reviews pop up online. And, and it's really nice to, to get the awesome feedback. And we've made, a, you know, a relationships with a couple of really excellent people out there who are fellow X-Men fans. And this has just been a really great opportunity so it's been a pretty fun little circle jerk here huh right uh, yeah we'll have yeah. a good time thanking each other and, yeah and, yeah, th- and thanks patty for 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 being a great girlfriend Aww. hey yeah. thanks for having a birthday patty yeah, right? you're welcome. thank you let's get patty's parents on here and thanks patty's parents for having patty for making patty yeah i'd like to thank you know? my microphone for being here <laughs> you know i was almost born on flag day i was born at like <sighs> 11, so close. 11.50 at night or something on June 13th. And my mom was like, oh, I'll just name her Patty. I'll name her Patricia because it's like patriotism. Yes. So that is that is legit wow. why I have my name. <laughs> That's <awful>. amazing. Because <laughs> when I think of you, Patty, I think of patriotism. I know, right? <laughs> well, see, my birthday is next week. I'm June 22nd. And uh, I'm Chris with a K. Yes. And I was named because my parents saw a movie with Chris Christopherson in it and said, hey, that's neat. That's amazing. (laughs) I had no idea. Did you know also I share the birthday of Chris Evans? You do. Not the same year. He's like 11 years older than me, but <laughs> but he, he I mean, you two birthday. are basically the same person. I so. mean, basically. yes. I, mean, I have a nice butt, too. You have America's ass, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have any cool stories. I, I, don't ha- I don't know why I'm named Jonathan. I have well, no idea. All your family is Jay. Yeah. Everybody is a Jay. Yeah, that kind of sucks, though. I mean, my mom is Jamie. My brother is Jordan. But he, he's Jordan James, and my sister is Jacqueline Joy. I, I don't and have... Now people can find your home address. I don't... Whatever. Nobody's coming to my house. What the fuck are they going to do here? Uh, but, but I don't have a J middle name, so so whatever. But I'm, I'm not talking that about... That means that when you have kids, you have to give them three J names. <laughs> we're not having kids. We're having animals. <laughs> Just... But but we're going to have... What are we going to... We're going to have a chihuahua named J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Problem solved. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Flawless. Good. All right. So so why don't we talk about some comics? That's what we're here to do, right? It's okay. a good plan. All I right. like comics. They're rectangular, made of paper. <laughs> they got These words. These ones all have uh, two staples each in them, which yes. is, I think is a good number. Yeah. That is that is, uh, that is a, that is an even number. It is not odd. Right. I like, I like that. And also, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Yeah, so listen. Think about that. I can't. I can't. I can't deal with that at eleven forty-five <laughs> in the morning, Patty. Don't don't do that to me. Um, all right. So so first comic we're going to talk about is Marvelous X Men number five. And I want to say this real quick too that that Chris can't really keep up on comic books because he's got a busy life. If you were listening to him introduce himself, uh, so this was kind of I'm sure a fun issue to just throw him in, into. So Chris, why don't why don't you start? <laughs> Why don't you start with your takeaway or any questions you may have about what the hell was going on in this comic? Well, um, this was the last one that I read um, of the three that you told me that, that were to, to be read this week. Really, the uh, just as a general background, the only thing that I currently keep up on is uh, Star Wars and, and Ninja Turtles. Star Wars because I'm a Star Wars whore and Ninja <laughs> Turtles because that book is consistently amazing since issue one. Fuck yeah. Um, I love X-Men comics, but... I, I was reading them. I was picking them up for a while when it was uh, doing um, Blue and Gold not that long ago. Mm-hmm. 
and then they were like, and now here's red and periwinkle and purple and plaid, and now we're going to do a crossover. Now we're going to reboot them, and now we're going to stop, and now we're going to start these again. And I said, I can't do this. Like, I just want X Men comics. Can I just read some some comics about X Men without having to no. buy like thirteen books every no. week? That's why I fell off because uh, I just I just couldn't keep up with everything. I, I just couldn't justify all the purchases and all the time. So so this one was particularly jarring to me. Um. I didn't really understand what was happening. Um, so Nate Gray, yeah, uh, is Jesus. 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 <laughs> he is Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's neat. I liked how right in the beginning they were. He was in the old times, and it was all like color dots and whatnot, like comic dots. Yes. I thought that was pretty rad. Look. Hell yeah. It is a pretty book. Like I didn't hate the artwork, but um, except for in some of the ads, uh, I want to know where Apocalypse shops. Uh, because that A jacket is fucking rad. Um, like his his the A on his belt has always been pretty sweet, but yeah. that A jacket was like spot spot the hell on. I mean, I guess I don't know, really have a ton of questions because uh, I just don't understand what the point of any of this is. Like where where and when are we? Because like everyone's like Magneto looks like super dapper, right? Like he He's is always looked dapper. Excuse you. So, this is this is like a different kind of dapper. Like this is like he looks like old timey English dapper with his <laughs> floofy little half collar thing going on, made of like you know floofy raccoon tail or something. Kurt looks pretty much you know like Kurt, but <laughs> because he can't really, uh, his outfit's always just kind of is what it is. And there's like Nature Girl, and there was a bear, uh, and then he's floating around, and Storm is super bald. I don't know, man. I I, I don't. I guess I the only thing that I really had a big question about was the um, House of X, Powers of X ad, the most important <laughs> scene in the history of the X-Men. Like, that was a bold move. Uh, all right. I Okay. You know, color me interested. But, yeah, I didn't really understand what was going on or why any of this was happening or what it has sure. to do with anything. Is this all alternate reality? Is yes. this so, neat? So... <laughs> All the X-Men were fighting with X-Man. So X-Man basically disintegrated all of the mutants except for a handful and brought them into this alternate universe. So that's why we got Bald Storm, basically. Yes. So this was like, this was basically his No More Mutants moment, except then he also created an an alternate reality for all the X-Men he liked the best to live. (laughs) But then what was, like, he hired Apocalypse to show up there? Yes. He got Apocalypse to be like the villain in his world because he felt like every world needed a villain. And the purpose of this world was that, like, you know, there were no, like, relationships, whether uh, family relationships or romantic relationships. Everything is, like, focused on being alone and everybody has their own houses where they live alone and because nate had a bad childhood so yeah. everybody no. else has to live bad too when 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 nobody can touch each other because i didn't have a mommy <laughs> shut the fuck up like all right no I, all right so i'm <laughs> supposed to hate nate because i did the whole time i'm reading this like well this guy's a dick like i don't trust him for a second yeah no he he absolutely is the whole thing like before that's why we got the age of x-man he did this reality warp took the majority of mutants and threw them into this world and it was because he wanted to create a perfect real world for mutants he he wanted to do it 
but, you know, without anybody's consent, basically. And so the X-Men in the real world were fighting him, and they were like, bro, you can't just, you know, fucking do things without talking to people first. And he got sick of it, and he was like, you know what? Fuck you. If you're going to keep fighting me, even though I'm trying to make the world a better place, well, then I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to force you to live in this, you know, alternative universe where you're, you know, no relationships, no family, no nothing. You know, there's really no violence or anything to speak of. But, you know... And there's no humans. And there's no humans. Everybody is a mutant. And they're all born in pods. Yeah. Like, they don't have parents. They're just born in this, like, hatchery yeah. thing. Yeah, pod people. So there you go. That's all the wow. backstory you need to know. So Nate, Nate is literally Jesus. Um, well, that doesn't help me like it anymore. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I don't think we're really in any danger of that. Um, <laughs> I, the, my other question is, uh, who is uh, who is Miss Wormy Fingers? Uh, I've never seen her before, and that was weird. So her name is Moneta, and she is a new character created specifically for this universe. And basically what she can do is, is she does the Wormy Fingers. She can get into your head literally by going through some orifice and read your mind and memories. And, her and she did this to Apocalypse? That's, she a, that's did. a bold play. That is a bold play. But honestly, Apocalypse has been very different in this, in this universe. Like you got... Like, you saw kind of the apocalypse that we know in the 616 universe in this issue, but he, yeah. for the most part, has not been like this. He has been a love guru. He has been promoting orgies in the street, basically, because he's the villain of this story. Remember, Nate created a world where nobody touches, no lovey relationships or familial relationships, and Apocalypse is like, no, let's touch, let's <laughs> touch love. Everyone. Touch, touch everyone. Touch everyone with everything. <laughs> touch everyone with everyone. <laughs> Chris, do you remember, because uh, Jonathan doesn't, since you're a video game guy, I'm sure you do. You remember when uh, the original DS had the slogan, touching is good? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Is that creepy? That was great. Isn't that creepy? It is I mean, creepy. I feel it like... was. I mean, it was designed to be. It was very strange, because you get, like, touching is good, and then it's like a Kirby ad. Yes, like, that's the okay. one I was thinking of. <laughs> And let's that was a great Kirby. game, right? Kirby, Kirby and the Canvas Curse was a phenomenal I game. I love that but, game. Let's all touch but Kirby. boy, oh boy, that was a very... Well, there's a game called Touch Kirby. I think that was its Japanese name was called Touch That's Kirby. That's beautiful. He's, good at, oh, he's good at sucking. He can take it all in the mouth. He like a champ. So whatever. <laughs> and when he says it all, he means it all. <laughs> like, not it, it, it goes beyond a, to a sexual nature. Like, he could eat you. <laughs> Boar. <laughs> Isn't the weird story of Kirby like he has like an alternate dimension inside of him or something? Like what? I feel like I've heard that. It's the age of X Man. They actually like went into the physi the physiology of Kirby before of like how he's able to ingest like everything and yeah, Kirby's a nightmare. So he's like cloak. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good he's, point. He's cloak but adorable. He's cloak but with more vor. The age of I still I stand by it. The age of X Man exists inside of Kirby's body. So anyway, uh, yeah. So so that's Moneta, and Moneta has been part of this team called uh, the Extremists, and they have their own title going on in the Age of X Man. And basically, they're they're like the police. They're like the love police. If if they get wind of people... that is a way better title than a, <laughs> than whatever the heck you said, Age of X Man. No, the love police. You call your book that, and I will buy it. If they if they get wind of people 
people having, you know, a relationship with each other, they go in and arrest them. And then, like, if you do it once, you get your memory wiped and put back out in society. If you do it, like, three times, I think, you get put in prison, basically, and you're kind of just forgotten about. But, but yes, Love Police, I, I agree. I agree. That is a great title. But you know it is an actual fucking crime that this book is called The Extremist, and Adam X is not the fucking leader of The Extremist. That is fucking awful i'm still mad about that okay i have to ask yeah what is their stance on masturbation uh i haven't covered that but i couldn't imagine it's bad because you're touching yourself so yeah but i mean is that okay but you are you know you are loving yourself is that okay yeah i mean i wouldn't call it love and you (laughs) must be thinking not how i do it (laughs) yeah that's called punishment (laughs) over here I mean, I, I yeah, I guess it would theoretically be okay because if I if I understand Nate's history, then right, he's probably had you know furiously beaten the shit out of himself many a time. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess I mean I'm, I'm wondering if it's mandated at this point. I I don't know, but like when you're touching yourself, you're thinking. Uh, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but you're thinking lustful and impure thoughts. You know what I mean? Like I'm not thinking about. I, I, I don't know, like, you know, taking mom out for dinner when I'm fucking touching. I mean, maybe Nate does. Yeah. I mean, he did have a thing with his with his clone, with the clone of his mom. That's not what I'm thinking about. So so I don't know. Well, you know what? I demand that they look into this. Like <laughs> if they're if they're going to create this world, they got to answer some questions. I will ask that at Comic-Con. Yeah, please and, do. And I mean, you can ask Leah Williams. I can ask Leah Williams, and she will probably respond. She will definitely respond. She she's <laughs> fantastic, and she will give the sexiest responses. No, but I loved I, I loved this issue because you know it opens it's it, like the last issue ended on murder. Nobody's been murdered. Like they don't have protocols for this, and so and so that's kind of dope. And I'm wondering like who the fuck got murdered because in the last issue we see. Colossus is fighting with the extremists, but, you know, and then they cut to that fucking club, and Moneta is dead. And Chris, just trust me, Moneta is, like, the the actual villain in Age of X-Men. We like just about everybody else except for Nate Gray and Moneta. Moneta is just an awful, an awful person. And Beast. Fuck Beast. Yeah. Well, well, well I hate Beast in every reality. <laughs> but, yeah, so Moneta was dead, and so I really appreciated the... The flashback too, you know, Nature Girl is communicating with the bacteria, and uh, that was pretty cool. That was I, I liked that. I never would have thought of that. I never. She's she's been. I, I love all the play that Nature Girl has been getting. Honestly, it really makes me happy. Uh, and <laughs> I, I also like that Apocalypse killed her via doot. <laughs> doot. <laughs> right in the forehead. That's the official name of that. It's called the doot. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it is. Okay. <laughs> and I'm clearly the authority. <laughs> clearly. Yeah, but, but you know, in the notes that I typed up, I all caps, Moneta is dead. Yes, is, is what I typed out. So so that was fantastic. I was, I was very happy to see all that. But, you know, the fucking, because of the bacteria, Nature Girl is getting, you know, some sort of, some backstory because she can see what Moneta saw. She can see how Moneta got into Apocalypse's head and how Nate Gray molded apocalypse to be the villain and how nate gray is kind of like the puppet master pulling the strings in this world it's not actually natural and so that causes the team to kind of you know come together because 
really marvelous X-Men hasn't been like a ton of action and it's not the typical X-Men fighting that you're used to like oh we gotta go fucking beat this person or go fucking whatever you know because it's a mostly peaceful world so what do the x-men get to do so the marvelous x-men has kind of been like these fissures keep opening up showing people this alternate reality but really the alternate reality is the real 616 world so magneto's been having visions uh fucking who else is there gene had some visions storm had visions and so they're starting to crack, like, oh, something's wrong here. So now they're all together and talking about it. And uh, so that was kind of neat, you know, because this is going to lead us directly into Age of X-Men Omega. And then they found Bishop's pants. They found Bishop's pants. Gene uh, was fucking Bishop. Gene was fucking Bishop. And Bishop got sent to jail because they're racist. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, Bishop and Jean were fucking, I think it was a... So she kept his pants in a secret compartment? <laughs> as, a tro- in, in a... as a trophy. No, 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 because yeah. that, that used to be Bishop's house. Yeah. And Hence they, the guns. they oh. like, erased Bishop from everybody's memory. Yeah. So then they just, like, they were all, like, at a table, and they're like, oh, aren't we missing somebody? And then Laura comes strolling in when she wasn't there before. It yeah. was Bishop. She was never part of the team. Yeah. It was really... Oh. It was <laughs> really well done. Because you saw panels with paintings in them of the X-Men team when Bishop was in there early in the issue. Hmm. By the end of the issue, he gets taken away. Everybody's memory gets rewritten. And you walk by that same painting. Bishop isn't in the painting anymore. It's Laura. Laura just comes strolling and Everybody remembers Laura all of a sudden because she's been there the whole time. Not really. I thought that was kind of interesting. So Nate is rewriting reality in this reality because he's that much of a douchebag. All right. See, now I did not enjoy this very much, but <laughs> it seems to me that I would have enjoyed it had I read the whole thing. Because all these things that you're saying are making things seem more interesting. So Yeah, I'm good like that. I'm an interesting nice. guy. That's why I got a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sue uh, Storm's getting her own comic, huh? That's you're neat. looking at the uh, that's see that's sad that when the comic can't keep you entertained that you're getting distracted by ads that's that's sad <laughs> i'm always distracted by ads that's just that's just my life but uh no i mean i was i was genu- i was like i think it was just that this was so jarring sure. um sure because I, I had I literally no concept of what i was getting into with this one so um jumping in there and just Okay, where did this guy come from? Where did this guy come from? Why is Bishop? Why are Bishop's pants there? Is Bishop dead? Like I just piecing a lot of stuff together. It was a very strange thing to come in the middle of. But you, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to pick up issue five of a miniseries and be like, "Boom, I know what's going on." Yeah, <laughs> screw no, the rest of these issues. So, uh, yeah, good times. Not even that too, but like some of this required you to sort of know what's going on in the other books too, in order to mm-hmm. in order to get like the full story. But I mean, for me, it hasn't it hasn't felt bad having to pick up every tie-in to Age of X Man because I mean, personally, I I kind of really like this story. It's you know, it's not my favorite, but it's got some really interesting themes. You know, we kind of just gave you the the info on what's been going on, but yeah, this hmm. this world is you know where there's no like you can't act on your instincts. You know, like. People have the natural desire to mate, have romance, have relations and relationships with other people, and this world says no. But the whole thing in this world is that 
first of all, it's humanity. You know, like we're just wired that way. And B, it's the X-Men, so everybody's fucking. Um, as <laughs> Patty already mentioned, Gene and Bishop were fucking, and it's happening in other books too. People are having these forbidden relationships because it's natural instinct. And so how do you deal with a world that's saying, no, you can't do this, it's illegal? And in a way, you know, that's kind of a metaphor for real life because that's what the X-Men always is. So I just kind of laid all that out for you, but that's why this has been very interesting to me. It was better after you explained it to me. I, uh, I know. They're <laughs> always better after you explain things. Patty, what did you think about this? Um, I really liked it. I, uh, I'm i glad that Mineta died. Yay! And I'm just <laughs> like, I really want to get the next issue already so that I can see... Like, what's going to happen next? Because, like, it seems that most of them accept that this is a fake world, except for Kurt, a little bit. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of weird how this number five, and then also there was another number four that came out this week. Oh, Apocalypse and the Extra. Yeah, it was yeah. weird how that was, I guess, released, but I didn't, I read this one first. I actually liked uh, the uh, Apocalypse and the Extracts better than this one. Uh, yeah, in a way, I kind of did too. I, I kind of did too. Yeah, we, we talked about the last issue. Might have been the last episode or the episode before that. How that was, you know, it kind of first two issues were pretty shitty. Then all of a sudden, number three kind of got the series a lot better. And uh, this past issue, number four, was actually pretty great. But it showed us two more of Apocalypse as the villain. Yeah, sort of thing yeah, too. and uh, oh my god, all the, I know we're not talking about that one, but the stuff with Evan and and Omega Red, I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> it, it it was a great issue, and this, you know, just kind of glossed over the whole apocalypse thing, so it was kind of like, oh, if you want more on this, you know, basically go read Apocalypse and the Extracts number four, but uh, but yeah, that that was that was really neat. What I think is interesting though, um, and and Chris, I don't know what kind of ads you're you are seeing or have been seeing, if any. But um, this whole House of X, Powers of X thing that's coming up, like, you know, it's going to be pox. Ho the Hox Pox. Don't catch the Hox Pox or do catch the Hox Pox. I mean, but Get a vaccination. Yeah. But uh, they, they've been showing Apocalypse with the X-Men after this whole thing is over, which I think is kind of interesting. Hmm. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't know if he's going to actually join them or if it's just promo artwork to fuck with us. Well, okay, so Sabretooth recently was a hero, and Omega Red, and true. also Juggernaut now. That's true. They made Magneto a hero an X-Man. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He decided to join the uh, the Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, yeah, so so Jeez, soon we're going to have- ages ago, too, it right? Did. Yeah, it did. I think it was late- night. No. Early 2000s? Yeah. Mid-2000s. That sounds about right, yeah, because yeah. I, I had fallen off big time on, on reading comics back then, and- I just remembered seeing. I remembered when I was a kid at some point, Sabretooth joined up with the X Men because I remember getting those trading cards and seeing like him on the the blue team or something, being like, "Okay, how does that add up?" Because this guy's an asshole, and like Wolverine's an asshole, but this guy's like an ultra murdery asshole. So <laughs> he uh, whatever. <laughs> well, Sabretooth was also kind of the X Men's prisoner for a while in yeah, like the early mid nineties. Yeah. So, so I I don't know, man. Uh, I don't. Know. I mean, they've they've brought. Oh, oh, yeah, and, and Sabretooth was also more recently, mid-2000s, later 2000s. He was part of Rogue's team. I mean, they've they've let Mystique on the fucking team. That yeah. bitch does nothing but betray people, so, I mean, what? Weirder... I mean, they let Rogue on the team, and she was a villain. She yeah, almost murdered true. Captain Marvel. That's true. 
That's true. Well, I mean, then there's you know the whole Emma Frost situation, but we'll get yeah. to that when we talk about Uncanny. <laughs> I have some things to say. But yeah, so that's that's Marvelous X-Men, and I guess we'll see how this whole thing wraps up in uh, Age of X-Men Omega. Uh, so next comic we're talking about is Dead Man Logan, number eight. And I want to start off by saying that uh, the last time we talked about this series, I was like, oh, this whole thing with Mysterio can't be done. It can't be over with. And you were like, no, I think I think it's done. I think the second half of this book is going to be back in his own world. And it looks like one of us was wrong. And, that, and it was you. That one of us is me. <laughs> I was just going to say, I didn't like. see Mysterio in this. Yeah, he, he was not. <laughs> or did I? <laughs> I always get him and Mesmero confused. Stop. One of them has a fishbowl, and one of them is, is his skin is green. But one of them, one of them doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them wears a fishbowl, and the other one doesn't. <laughs> one of them I dressed up to to go to a Spider-Man movie as. The other one, I did not. You I'm... dressed up as somebody? I've dressed up as many people. Um, but yeah, my friends and I used to all dress up to go to the Marvel movies, and um, I think it was Spider-Man 2. I was... Uh, the shittiest Mysterio you could imagine. You need to send pictures. Uh, you need to send pictures. I gotta pictures. find pictures of it. I know they I know they exist, but uh, oh, it was hysterical. I had just like a green sweatshirt and green sweatpants, uh, <laughs> yellow dish gloves, like rubber gloves on my hands, and then like an actual trash can lid that we uh, just covered <laughs> in uh, silver duct tape. Was that even round? <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, one of those like, the ones where you had the little dome on top and yeah, you push yeah, the little yeah. thing. Yeah. So we took that and we just wrapped the whole thing in silver duct tape. Oh my God. <laughs> it was amazing. You don't still have that costume, do you? No. Damn. No. Although I do believe it's still, it might still exist. Was, um, was, just because, uh, so we had this whole shed at my friend Sean's house, um, where they would, we would like make all these costumes. Cause we didn't buy costumes for any of these things. We made all of them from scratch and none of us are, let's say that talented, you know, we're, <laughs> we've pulled off some pretty amazing things like the functional Galactus that we had that was, um, on stilts. That was amazing. When um, you say functional Galactus, do you mean able to eat a planet functional? <laughs> because how are you still here and not in U S government custody? <laughs> when I say functional, I mean able to move around. Okay. All right. Galactus like definitely a, does move around. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> so so like you know he was he was walking on stilts and it looked like that one looked legit that was amazing um we did a, a modoc once as a um a kid wanted to come with us oh to, to the movies and so we put like we put him on a computer chair that we turned into like you know flames and stuff underneath and we just wheeled him in as modoc it was amazing that is amazing um and like i did i had a pretty decent doctor strange not a great one but i don't even remember what movie that was for but the mysterio one was just hilarious cuz i couldn't see at all <laughs> so my friend chris who was dressed as the hulk like basically i had my hand on his shoulder getting into the theater because you know we'd all just parade in with this giant <laughs> legion of idiots dressed up as superheroes <laughs> and um i had to like hold his shoulder while i was walking because i couldn't it was just it was a trash can lid covered in duct tape and there were no eye holes cuz then it wouldn't look right and uh, you know, sure. clearly we're worried about it looking right because oh, I'm walking around with dish, with dish gloves on. And a but, trash uh, can. And a trash can lit on my head. But uh, no, it was, it was hilarious. Now, I'll, I'll see if I can dig up some of those pictures and show them to you. Oh, uh, God, please. Please. That would make my fucking life. Uh, matter of fact, one of the ones that I missed was for, um, I think, X-Men 2. Uh, and all of my friends were in uh, Wizard Magazine. Um, they, uh, they came to the theater because they knew we had been doing this thing for ages. And they took a bunch of pictures and... Popped him in a wizard if they're our X Men thing. My friend Jimmy Yamaguchi was Nightcrawler and he looked amazing. <laughs> uh, 
that 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 is very cool. That that is very cool. Uh, I don't. I mean, know. That's one word for it. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I mean, I appre- <laughs> listen. I appreciate somebody who is going to take the time and probably you know turn themselves blue uh, because because I don't know how to do that. I mean, I guess I could hold my breath for Ooh. a few minutes. And you know that might kind of help, but uh, but otherwise, I I got nothing. I, I got. Oh, I got we did no this stuff skills. incredibly foolishly. Like at that point, we had learned to like get the right makeup and stuff for it. But there was a uh, Star Wars dress up day at the mall nearby, and um, I uh, my my friend Sean wanted to be Darth Maul, but we didn't have any black makeup, so we painted him with house paint. <laughs> uh, so how was the nobody, trip to the hospital? Nope. Uh, he was he was he was actually okay. Well, <laughs> theoretically, there was no trip to the hospital. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Whether or not there should have been, there should have been question. Yeah, but yeah. So we did this. So like, so we did this all, a lot. Like we we dressed up for like every major superhero movie in different weird and ridiculous ways. And one year we decided to do like a little awards thing for ourselves. Like just like, hey, we're gonna give out awards for all the dumb shit we've been doing for a long time. <laughs> and um, I won the award, and I have it in my living room for most willing to endanger a friend. Because <laughs> I was the only one willing to paint Sean's head with house paint. You. Everyone was like, "Yo, this is a bad idea." And I'm like, "Sean, are you good with this?" <laughs> and he was like, "It was my idea. You fucking do it." I was like, Fine, sign me up. I will paint your head with house paint, and I'll drive you to the hospital if you need it. <laughs> you are such an asshole. Uh, first of all, but, I'm a uh, good friend. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway. So anyway. So yeah, um, Dead Man Logan, huh? Yeah, this Dead was Man pretty Logan. neat. Yeah. What did you think of this? I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Um, I, I remember picking up the book when I went to my my local my local comic book store is uh, called Level Up Entertainment. These guys are wonderful people. Hmm. Uh, Hamilton Mall, Southern New Jersey, great place. Shout um, out. I picked up this book and I saw the baby on the cover, and I was like, "That is the ugliest baby I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> like, is that on purpose? Did they draw him like that intentionally? Uh, not knowing that, I'm assuming that was like a baby Hulk or something. Um, so yeah, again, jumping in in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I thought this was pretty fun. How he's, you know, old man Logan, and like a right. I, I please forgive me if I've, I'm completely lost in my continuity. I know that they pulled old man Logan into regular X Men continuity. Yeah, yep. same guy. After after regular Logan, quote unquote, died. Yes. Like he's covered in adamantium. He's not dead. He's just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> they put him on Whatever. pause. <laughs> death, death of Wolverine, my ass. Yeah, right. Um. So and now he's somehow back in his own time, and they kind of explained that in here. Uh, and I was really enjoying it. I was cur- confused a little bit by. I'm assuming this Frankenstein-looking motherfucker was Sabretooth. Yes. Yes, it was. Does he have a clever name? No, not that I know of. No. Damn it! I was trying to figure out like what this his was clever his name. First appearance. Uh, I mean, yeah, I like think Franken Creed, right? I mean, something because like, they did Frankencastle, and that was amazing. And I'm looking at this that like, was. okay, this dude's name is Sabretooth, and he's totally a Frankenstein. Frankenstein monster, there has to be a clever name. And I was disappointed I didn't come up with one. I don't think they mentioned it. If he was a fashion model, he'd be Babertooth. <laughs> oh. Babraham Lincoln, right? That was right? You saw, what, you. you saw what I did? Yeah. 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 You, you did. saw what good, I did. Good one. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I like when he ate that dude's throat. Like, that was pretty rad. He was just like, hmm, you guys like eating people, huh? I'll bite, Rip me off a piece of that. I'll, I'll give that a shot. It's a pretty good way to motivate them to, uh, you know, not... Uh, to to help him out, I liked when they lost uh, the kid Hulk. You know, they're just like having a conversation, like, "Oh shit, he wandered off," and then he's like beating up a bunch of assholes in a library because he wanted a new book. <laughs> like, All right, same. Nice, 
Very, very cool. Uh, no, I really enjoyed this one. This is a. I, I'm not sure what the Hulk killer is about, though. So, like, so the thing is with that, I didn't know that either. I was like, this sounds a little dumb, and I don't know where the fuck this thing came from. So I googled it, and the Hulk killer was a thing. So he had two appearances fifty years ago. Jesus. Yeah. I figured I had this had to be some sort of reference and yeah. it looked like it was referencing old comics because of the way he looks like his weird like <laughs> 50 style pants going on there yeah with the high waistline like that just looks like old-timey boxer which is like a lot of old characters Listen, were everyone should that. always wear a high-waisted everything because what? it's awesome because high-waisted pants are awesome why for camel toe and uh, moose knuckle you just want to see all the camel toes and moose knuckles no You're i i like wearing dirty. i like wearing high-waisted pants because it covers my flabby belly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wear high waisted pants because I can't get them around my flabby belly. You so haven't tried I just. Hard. Uh, you haven't tried hard enough. Damn it! You can do it, Chris. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta wear spanks underneath. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd rather just go without pants. Like I'm married with kids. I don't have anyone to impress. So. <laughs> If well, it could just be should... sweatpants all day, every day, then I wore or sweat shorts actually, then I would. You should. You should get dressed up for Karen. <laughs> you should you should be uh, nice and sexy for Karen someday. Yeah, get your hair did. Yeah, you know, get your nails did. Yeah, you know, sit in front of the mirror for more than just a minute, Chris. You know, Karen, brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. You know, shower, trim your pubes. <laughs> no need. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. How, I don't do you have know? pubes. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I'm completely hairless from the neck down. <laughs> It's my mutant power. There you go. Um, so, all right. Now, the other thing that I'm I'm interested about is this last page where Hulk Killer basically rips Wolverine's lungs out. Oh yeah, that was dope. It is, but I'm con- I'm confused by the imagery because sure. his intestines are hanging. Yes, out. yes. Okay. So, I was like, I was also confused by that because he said, "Ah, oh, my lungs," but it was his intestines. But no, yeah, no. Like, but, but he was holding. He's holding his lungs in his hands. His lungs. Oh. The Hulk Killer was but, holding like, his lungs. It doesn't seem like something that he would have been able to get at very easily. Like, he punched him upwards, right? So I see that going on. But it doesn't, like, I feel like he would have had to root around for a minute to get just the lungs out. Because everything else seems more or less intact. And he's just holding his lungs. So I call call hacks. I I call... I, I call like, bullshit. I like how your concern is not for old man Logan, but for how the fucking, you know, surgical precision went with all of this. What about uh, Scorpion? <laughs> that was Sub-Zero. That's Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero. Whatever. That's Sub-Zero. They're the same character. One's blue, damn it. They're the same character. They just have different colors. <laughs> Whatever. So Sub-Zero can rip out somebody's spine from the front. Yeah, you got pull- anything to say about that? By, like, pulling their head off, though. <laughs> That, oh, the, yeah, he, you're right. The head he goes bone. upwards. He grabs the neck and then goes up, you know, with the startling realism of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the head bone is connected to the spine bone, Patty. It is in the right? song. Flawless. <laughs> I really loved what... I, I, I love his attitude to being ripped apart. There's just no choice but to lay here dying until my slow-as-hell healing factor fixes my airbags. I'm useless. Yeah. Yeah. I... I I, I really dug this one. I thought this was pretty cool. And I haven't like I haven't read anything with Wolverine, proper Wolverine in, in quite some time. And old decrepit angry Wolverine is a good time. Oh, he called someone yeah, Bub, he got a little stabby. He's got the bone claws now. Wait, no. One hand is bone, one hand's adamantium. Is that what I'm seeing? Yes it is. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, I forget that's about weird. That. Yeah, no, because he got he got like his arm or something chopped off, and of course it regrows. But like, who's gonna fucking bond the adamantium to him at this point? And I don't even know if his healing his healing factor at this point probably couldn't even keep up with it. But no, this this issue was great. Um, I mean, my own I'm, I'm gonna say it again. Like my own expectations kind of soured this for me a little bit because I was I was hoping for more with that Mysterio storyline. Um, and then for him to just go back to the wastelands and now dealing with this because of my own expectations is a little bit of a letdown, but I don't want to sound too negative because I do still love your negative. I do. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I get that. Ah. Uh, because I do. So what is this Mysterio thing you keep talking about? Because like I haven't read it, and I like Mysterio. I like X Men. So what, what what am I yeah, missing? Spoil spoil all of Old Man Logan for him. Have you read the original Old Man Logan story from two thousand eight, two thousand nine? Maybe. So I honestly don't remember if I've actually read it or I've just had so many people talk about it that I feel like I've read it. You. It's only a few issues, so you should read that. Yeah, basically... It's a lot better than all of these Old Man Logan ongoing series. I don't know if I want to really spoil that for you, but I will say that Mysterio did something really fucked up in that world to really mess with Wolverine. And what happened was, you know, you know Old Man Logan is... He was back in the 616 universe. He got pulled in. He was with the X-Men as young Logan was dead. And uh, before he died, he wanted to go address what Mysterio did actually to him. Hmm. They were going to hash it out. You know what I mean? He had a list of people he was going to kill in the six on six. And he went after Mysterio. And that that whole thing happened before Wolverine came back to the wastelands to his world. And uh, Mysterio in the 616, it was really cute. They were looking for him. And he was in um, like a psych ward. Yeah. And huh. the these villains were trying to get him to leave, and he was like, "No." Yeah, he didn't want to leave. He want to leave. He was fine in the psych ward. He was doing good. All right. Now, next question. Yeah. Um, this I I'm not up on my Mysterio mythology. Uh, sure. I remember when I was a kid, Mysterio was a dude who yeah. used special effects. Mm-hmm. Does he have actual powers now? I feel like I heard something about that. See uh, that, and that is a question that I can't even really answer because. I'm no fucking Mysterio expert either. You know, he's, he's predominantly a Spider-Man villain, and it's been a long time since I was regularly reading Spider-Man books. So he could have powers, actual powers at this point, but I, I don't know. I kind of thought that he always had powers, Mm-mm. but uh, like I'm planning on reading all of the Spider-Man books, so in five to ten years, I'll let you know the answer to that. Sweet. We'll come back to it. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but this this was a great issue. I, I liked uh, I like seeing uh, Danny Cage. What irked me a little bit though is that this is supposed to be fifty years in the future. She should actually look like a woman in her fifties, and she did not. She was quite sexy and looked kind of young. Hey, hey, ladies in their fifties can be sexy. I'm not saying that they can't, but she looked look at like Emma Frost. She oh, you <laughs> what the fuck? She is like the same age as Jean Grey. So okay, whatever. Sure. Old Man Logan is getting the shit kicked out of him once again. And, uh, you know, in a way that's kind of sad, but in a way, like, that's going to be what has to happen. I'm assuming in number 12, the final issue, he's going to actually fucking die. Oh, wait, when is the last issue? It's going to be number 12, 12 12-issue series. Okay. A maxi-series, if you will. What do you imagine Old Man Logan meat to taste like? Wait, what? (laughs) Old Man Logan meat to taste like? Yeah, because they were eating him. Slim Jim. (laughs) 
we we have a, an ongoing joke with uh with Slim Jim, Chris. I don't know if you're if you're aware. No. Yeah, shipping um shipping Cyclops and Wolverine together. Hash, <laughs> hashtag Slim Jim. You get it. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> oh, that's magical. Yeah, I know. I know it is. Yeah, it's more. But magical. I do think he probably tastes like Slim Jims. Like <laughs> I have never had a Slim Jim. Nor have I You're ever had missing any desire. Nothing. <laughs> You're missing nothing? Really? I kind of like have them. You, ha- you had them? Yeah. Oh, I love Slim Jims. They're delicious. They're horrible. <laughs> it's a good idea, like, going... I-, I can see where you're coming from. It's, like, a great idea going into it, but by the time you're done, it's like, mm, I shouldn't have done like, that with myself. Don't think about it. Yeah. You know, like, I... oh, hey, this is this is a meat tube. <laughs> this... This didn't come from an animal. Somebody like did this. Like, you can't mistake that for something that happened naturally. Maybe my mom wouldn't let me eat them. Really? Probably. She had a lot of very weird food things. She wouldn't let me eat Sunny D. She, she yeah, let, let you me, eat the Sunny D. I'll me... give you a Sunny D to eat. Uh, <laughs> she wouldn't let me drink Sunny D, but she let me drink Tang. And there well, because... were some other things like that, too. Like Some things that were like really artificial she wouldn't let me eat but she would like buy me gushers so i'm like mom where's the Ooh. line i don't know yeah that's it's a strange line i feel like astronauts drink tang that's, right that's, i think that was her thinking yeah, yeah. and it's it's we got to be patriotic and support the nasa you know what i mean so. but then you, you look at sunny d and you're like you're not orange juice you're not fooling anybody <laughs> what are you I'm like we're sunny d it's what so do you think delicious, we are like, though. It's it's like looking at a can of spam, being like, okay, wait, but what are you? Wait, you no, you, you like Sunny D? <laughs> I love Sunny D. How did how am I just learning about this now after knowing you for five and a half years? I don't know. Sunny D is Shit's delicious. so disgusting. It's sugar, it's delicious. It tastes like medicine. What is <laughs> what? wrong with you people? What are you drinking? Old Sunny D? Like I, you, me personally, sure I'm not drinking any Sunny D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so nobody slap the slapping slapping into a slim gym. Yeah, that was that was the Is jingle. That it? No, snap into a slim gym. Oh, you could have fooled me with that. Yeah, uh, nobody's snapping into a slim gym, and nobody's snapping into the Sunny D either. My my friends, is that shit even vegan? Can you can you drink that Sunny? What the fuck would there be in Sunny D that I you have no drink? fucking idea? But it's not orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, he's got a point it's not it's orange all juice. like sugar and chemicals and shit chemicals but chemicals i'll give you a co- <laughs> my friend uh that i met at an anime convention she was eating something and i was like what is that and she's vegan too and she was like it's a vegan slim jim and i was like that is disgusting and she was like i didn't say that she's like you want to try it and i'm like I could not think of anything in the world that I would like to do less than trying that. Ah, <laughs> oh, you should have done it. I kind of want to try it. It smells so now. bad. That sounds like somebody did on a dare. Like, <laughs> all right, can we make Slim Jims vegan? Okay, but why? <laughs> I know. That's what I was telling her. I'm like, why would you eat that? And she's like, well, it's got like a lot of protein in it. And I'm like, so does calm. There has to be a better way of getting protein into your body. <laughs> Well, I mean, there sure is. There's a few ways. Actually. Okay. In in fairness, this was at a convention, and in fairness, there are not many vegan options at conventions. Yeah. Other than pretzels and fries, fries and maybe veggie burgers if they have them, but they're usually on the same grill as the regular burgers. So. So kind of defeats the point. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I don't. I'm I'm not vegan, so I don't truly understand the struggle. But it's at a certain point, I feel like starvation is the better option. Yeah. 
If somebody comes at me with a vegan Slim Jim, <laughs> I would have to be unbelievably hungry to eat me. that. You made that sound like they are attacking you. Like you will have to defend yourself they and would, disarm, that an attack. disarm that person with the vegan Slim Jim. <laughs> so, Patty, what did you think about Dead Man Logan? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I liked uh, the part where they were they were chaining him up and eating him. I liked that part. Oh, that was the last issue. I was going to say that wasn't in this the, issue. He got away from it. Yeah, that, that was in the issue. last issue. Oh, right. I didn't or read that had, until yesterday. Been... Oh. Because I, I was like, oh, why, I probably skipped an issue. Why were you? Why did the cannibalism make you happy? Now this is also a little concerning. I'm learning about more things five and a half years later. <laughs> uh, I don't... I'm vegan, but I draw the line at human. <laughs> you can, listen, you can be vegan and a cannibal. That's all I'm saying. Because people don't count. <laughs> So no, I, I liked I liked this Hulk baby. Um I liked that he was like chaperoning around this girl and the baby and yeah. Yeah. I wanna see more Sabretooth. I wonder who he's working for. Yeah, I wonder who I guess we'll for. uh yeah, yeah. we'll find that out next issue maybe. 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 I like uh I like uh the the Hulk kid. He is pudgy. That makes me happy. Because I feel like you don't mm-hmm. you don't normally see that sort of thing. You know, they're all fucking muscular and shit, and it's like, you know, impossible, impossible fucking, you know, body goals. But, I mean, you know, a pudgy Hulk, that could be me one day. You know? <laughs> you, I just got to paint myself green. I can be pudgy Hulk. Do you think that he's going to necessarily turn out to be a bastard? No. Mm-mm. No, you think he can nurture versus nature? You think I don't think, nurture wins out? Listen, I don't think anybody is inherently born a redneck. You are born into redneckdom. You are not born a redneck. So I think that he is in good hands. When you said redneckdom, it sounded like <laughs> rectum. You are not necessarily born into rectum. You have to lube your way into rectum, Patty. That sounds painful. <laughs> All right, so fine, so so fair enough. All right, so that's that's enough of Dead Man Logan. All right, next, uh, uh, Uncanny X Men number nineteen. This uh, this one this one upset me so so greatly. I don't want to talk about all of this first, and uh, I don't want to be a negative Nancy. So one of you talk about what you thought of it first. Okay, I mean I don't know. I feel like there's something weird with the cover that I can't put my finger on, but there's something you that can I put your don't... finger on the cover. <laughs> I've got it right next to me. <laughs> There's something that I don't like about it too much, but I really like that Vanisher was there. I mean, this issue is like almost all about Emma, and even though I do not like Emma, I thought that this was complete character assassination. Thanks for supporting me, honey. You're welcome. I appreciate it. She was in like this boardroom, and then uh, one sent in Guido, Danny, and Shan when they were infected with the warlock virus thing oh is that what that was because i was like did she just transform yeah, into a so sentinel that was wild the drawings of her doing that so that happened in uh the new mutants dead souls and so this is a flashback to when that was a few months ago because they're all better now yeah they're yeah. all better now oh, and that was guido guido guido's not better now guido is worse now because he is dead so there's that yeah, yeah. aww it's like, dude, because I'm looking at it like, okay, the weird eye thing they got going on, 
He's super big. He looks like strong guy, but like he's got he a big did. old beard. But I guess strong guy could grow a beard. But I, I wasn't. Yeah, I was, I wasn't I was sure, really so. upset. There All have right. been a well, lot a of deaths lately, like one every issue. Yeah, literally dude. one every issue. It's and Guido, Guido is the most upsetting to me because he was my favorite of the ones that they killed. So they end up capturing Emma and like putting her in this chamber thing, prison cell that has a lamp. And they just turn the they just <laughs> the turn lamp. the lamp on yeah. for two days, and she's like, "That's enough lamp. I'll do whatever you want. I'll suck your dick." <laughs> and you know, after saying, "I'll never work with you," she was just like, "This lamp is very inconvenient." Yeah, basically, yeah. And yeah, she just starts like working for working for these people, and you know, he's like, "Oh, well, you know, what can you do?" And she's like, "Ah, uh, the serum. I know, I know about the serum." And she forced Anole 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 to Anole 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 whatever Victor doesn't matter he's a fucking puddle now no that's Vanisher we're talking about uh oh that was yeah we're talking about Anol yeah man this this whole thing oh wait let me finish so they he she made Victor deliver the serum to one and that's the character assassination that we got of Anole. With, you know, him, get, say, like, stealing the serum from Beast and giving it to the government. And they were like, what did you do? So now we found out, okay, so we don't have to hate him after all. It's not character assassination of him. It's character assassination of Emma. Yeah, and that's only one point of the character assassination here. The thing with this issue is my knee-jerk reaction was just to, to hate it because of how Emma Frost was, was treated and how they assassinated her character even more. Part of me understands it, but, you know, rereading it, I liked it a little bit better because, you know, it's not a bad story. It does connect a lot of things that are going on, but unfortunately it's at the expense of Emma's character. So the whole thing with this is Uncanny has been kind of split up into like two halves at this point. The first 10 issues were pre-Age of X-Men. So you got to kind of see this whole setup of Nate Gray, right? In the real world, eventually fighting the X-Men and then killing all of them. And that was issue number 10. In issue number 11, then we see Scott Summers alive again. We see Logan's alive again. We see them meet up and start to put this team of X-Men again. So... It's sort of been split up. Some of the fallout from the first half of Uncanny X-Men was that Enole took this serum that Beast created for the X-Gene and, hand- Beast. and handed it over to the government. And so people were like, why would he do that? Like, like why? That, and, you know, I was one of them. I'm like, that doesn't make sense for his character. Like, he's seen so many of his friends die over the years. He's not going to hand over a fucking cure well, to the well, government. People were saying was because of the way he looks and even what you wrote in his, in your article about him, that he was more accepting of the fact that he was gay than he was of his mutation. Right. Uh, I just feel, I, I felt like he was the wrong choice, but now we know it makes more sense because it was Emma that gave him the telepathic nudge to do that. But Chris, why don't you talk about your thoughts on this, on this issue? Well, it's it's interesting that you're bringing up the character assassination with Emma. Um, she's somebody that I don't I don't understand. Um, I had fallen out of uh, X Men comics for a very very long time when I was uh, when I was younger. So my my history with Emma was you know with Pride of the X Men that we're going to talk about later uh, <laughs> and like trading cards and when I like sure. she's super villain. Sure. Then I disappeared from comics for ages and I finally jumped back in with Astonishing X Men and I'm like 
wait, Emma's a good guy? <laughs> the fuck? And so then I kind of like, uh, what was, does she go back to being evil after the whole AVX? Was that what happened after she had the Phoenix Force or something? Is that when she decided to go all It was kind nutty? of during AV, uh, IVX. IVX. Yeah. In Humans versus X-Men. Oh, see, I, I'd stopped reading at that point. Too, you don't so. need to. You, you do not good. need to read that. No, I, I'm sure that I don't. But so it was interesting to me that you're talking about the character assassination with Emma because the whole time she's talking about all this stuff, like, I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem like something that she would do. I wonder what her game is. Because my assumption is that this is supposed to look like she's doing something that she wouldn't do, but she has some kind of plan. And that's right. What and she by the was end of the saying, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it was. I, I, I get, like, the knee-jerk reaction of thinking, like, oh, this is, like, totally out of character for her, but I just assumed it's part of some sort of grand sweeping plan that was going to, like, come back in her direction, uh, which didn't happen by the end of this issue. So I really don't know what to think of it. I did think Mr. Sinister was a delight because he's always fun, <laughs> right? He's just freaking fabulous. I love, like, I don't understand his outfit at all. I was really hoping... <laughs> The whole time they're making these really shitty live-action X-Men movies, I keep hoping that they're going to do Mr. Sinister because I want a physical representation of what the fuck that man is wearing. Like, it's not a cape. It's just a series of pieces of cloth. Yes. But they don't waft together ever. They're like, they seem solid. I don't, like, is it starched? I don't understand what am I, what am I looking at. I want to see that interpreted in live-action. And, and it never happened, and it's probably for the best because, like, Dude's all white and triangly, and and it's got little diamonds and stuff on him. But whatever, he was just wonderful at the end, where he's just all like, "Oh, you gonna let me out of these things so we can fuck some shit up?" Oh, hey, Wolverine's here. This is awesome. <laughs> all right, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, other than that, um, it was a. Uh, it did kind of strike me as weird that she was like, it, "You're talking about like you know, they shine shine a light on her for a couple of days." And she's like, "All right, fuck this shit, I'm out." Right, and like, yeah, no, she's up to something, but then. No, nothing happened. So, I well, don't there's know. there's still three issues left mm. um, before this is over. So it could it could turn out to be something more. But I, I have a I just have a really bad feeling. And the reason why that bad feeling has just been compounding is because, like Patty said earlier, pretty much there's been a death every issue. And uncanny I mean, one dude turned into a puddle. So that was pretty. That was pretty gross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uncanny Eleven was an amazing comic book, but that started it off, you know, with uh, Scott and Logan coming back and starting to put a team together. You had Blindfold die in Eleven. Uh, Strong Guy died, I think, in Twelve. Wolfsbane die, I think, it was in Sixteen. Chamber died, uh, what, last issue in 18? Oh, and Loa also died uh, in 11. I don't think I'm missing anybody. This issue, Vanisher died, and he was missing for a long time. All of a sudden, he's back, and oh, he's he's working with Emma, sort of like as like a butler sort of thing, which I thought was cute. And then, boom, he's he's dead in this issue. Uh, so there's just been a lot of death. And, and I mean, you know, it, there's been, you know, some serious negativity surrounding... Uh, this current run of Uncanny because of all of the death and, and how just meaningless and, and ridiculous it's it's become. And I kind of stayed away from some of that negativity until recently. And I don't want to join in. I don't want to be that negative guy posting on social media. You know, honestly, like we give our honest opinions and sometimes they're not very happy and joyous. But typically we want to stay positive because we love the X-Men so much. But with Chambers' death last issue, 
that just really started this downward spiral for me. And I'm like, oh, this is started before that. For I, me. I, I get that. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then this issue came out and this with Emma was totally uncharacteristic. Now I said before that I sort of get it right. Because we brought up IVX. What happened at the end of that? You know, Emma kind of burns all of her bridges at the end of IVX. So she it burned her bridges. It's sort of, <laughs> It sort of made sense that she had nobody to rely on, no backup plan, no, oh, I'm captured by one, but these people over here are going to come save me. You know, that whole thing. But there could have, there there had to have been somebody. Vanisher wasn't dead. Elixir and Marrow maybe had already joined up with her. I, I don't know. They did afterwards. We saw that they joined up with her afterwards, but maybe they were... Oh my God, somebody, that... somebody could have come to help her. She could have had something else up her sleeve other than just, yeah, there's a serum. Let me push this random fucking mutant kid to give you what you want so you can kill mutants. That that shopping scene with Marrow was so cute. Oh it was God. cute. It was Yeah, cute. that was cute. It, it and was. And then she got wings. Did you, did you notice at the end of the issue? Her little bone wings? Yeah. yeah. That's cute. That's it, it is. I was really happy to see her. I was happy to see Vanisher until he died. I just this this just doesn't sit right with me, you know? And then they they want to go after Blindfold and Emma's helping with that too. She's the one who put the list together. You know, the X-Men. So the whole thing with the X-Men now is that, you know, they have this list of problems that they're going to go take care of and really show the world that they can be heroes and and do these good things. But really, it wasn't them that put this list together. It was Emma that put the list together, put a suggestion in their heads to make this list, and they're basically taking out... Oh, yeah, kill the Marauders. Oh, yeah, all the Marauders died. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're taking out one's... Pro- the X-Men are taking out one's problems for them, and the X-Men don't even know it because the X-Men don't even know who Emma Frost is because she put it in their heads that they're all going to forget her. You saw that in the bar when she was talking to Wolverine. Yeah. You're going to forget me as soon as I walk out of here, and it's... So, yeah, man, there's just a lot of negative characterization around Emma. Obviously, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I, I hope there's some sort of uh, some something good <laughs> that comes out of this for her. We know that Jonathan Hickman is a fan of Emma, so that's good news. But, but I did not like the way this portrayed Emma. All right, so I have some questions here. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm looking at the page where she goes to visit Scott in, I don't know, that restaurant. Yep. Now, in the first panel... He appears to be eating something brown that is just dripping with something. <laughs> then in the next panel, you see like what looks like maybe French fries on his plate sure. and a glass of something purple or uh-huh. pink. Yes. Right. What in the world could that possibly be? Pepto-Bismol. So he's, oh, so he's <laughs> drinking Pepto. Then in the next, then in a few panels later, he's eating lettuce. So like dude went to this weird restaurant in the middle of nowhere, like a diner to order a, a salad, I think. A salad with drippy meat in it, it it appears, and some sort of purple liquid, right? So then Emma delivers that whole speech, which I thought was a really sweet scene. It was. She she walks away. Stop. It was. And then you see, like, her walking out, and there's Scott drinking coffee. And if you go back, there was no coffee on the table. (laughs) So really, what I have to say is, where's the continuity, people? Right? (laughs) And what the fuck was he eating? (laughs) I wasn't even paying attention. I thought he was eating a burger or something. 
I really thought Chris was going to start talking about something very profound, and it turned out to be no, no, it turned out sorry. to be Scott's food choices. <laughs> which, no, honestly, that is kind of profound because I love Scott Summers, and I I, I hope that he is making the right dietary choices. But uh, as do I, I want him to be regular. Um, <laughs> no, I did. I I liked that. That scene kind of stuck with me a little bit. Just um, not yeah. that it was particularly. I say it was sweet, as in, like, kind of sweet, I guess, from her perspective. I yeah. liked the idea of her going there. She needed to talk to him, but she's, like, making it so that he doesn't know she's talking to him kind of a thing. I just thought it was a neat scene. I didn't necessarily like her anymore because of, like, where she is because of that. But uh, I just thought it was a neat, a, w- a neatly written scene. That was, that was no, pretty definitely. much all. You know, I thought, I, I thought that was a nice little scene. It was sort of, it was sort of creepy in a way, as much as it was sweet, because, you know, Emma is, again, she's she's saying those things to Scott at the same time, sort of manipulating this whole situation where the uncanny X-Men are doing one's dirty work for them. So, I don't know. But I did enjoy the end of the issue. I loved Mr. Sinister showing up. I loved his little comment to Mystique about, you know, how you know he wanted to have sex with her when she was uh, pretending to be Cap. Yep. And then, uh, and then... <laughs> Logan and Quanon show up, and that's that's kind of cool too, because you know they're sort of teaming up and going to be stabby with people. So yeah. I think that's interesting. So uh, so this 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 made you all all happy to uh, to just see Emma kind of go down the tubes. Who's <laughs> what? <laughs> Whose what? tubes is she going down? <laughs> Hopefully Scott's, and hopefully Ew. again soon. No. Ew. I hate them together. Stop it. No. <laughs> yes. She ruins Jean's life. Well, she, Jean is doing just fine with herself. Jean isn't even in this reality. Jean is dead right now. Jean was having sex with Bishop. Clearly, Miss Gray moved on. Okay? She didn't remember. Whatever. So, what do you think is going to happen to the Hulk killer? Are you upset that Vanisher did exactly what his name says and vanished? Don't turn this podcast Quan off, Quan on, because we'll be right back after the commercial break. Jonathan, I'm so terribly bored. Oh, Snugglekins, shall we take the jet skis out dolphin hunting? No. Golf with the Canadian Prime Minister? No. How about we stall Brexit another decade just for giggles? No, no, no. I want to do something hip to show up the Dundersons at the next Westminster Butler show. But Poodle Piddle, you're already the hippest. Hey there, rich people. Pull that diamond-studded stick out of your butts and check out DK.com instead. Who are you, you poorish little man? A random guy on your private property. Say, you've got all the money and all this stuff, but how do you feel on the inside? Oh, I haven't felt anything inside me since Reagan was president. What a dreamboat. <laughs> if you want hip, Geekade.com is the hippest content about all sorts of topics. Want to find out what's going on in the world of video games? Read about awesome horror movies? Find out who the coolest unpopular comic book characters are? Then Geekade.com can help! Is this the kind of hippity-hoppity that the youth are grooving to? Geekade.com is the hippest groove, daddy-o! For tons of cool content, check out Geekade.com today! And don't forget our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash geekade! Jervis, fetch us this internet! Geekade is returning to too many games. The Stone Age Gamer Podcast annual Buy Something Will You panel will be back with Dan, Dean, and myself roaming the show floor to find the coolest thing we can for under 20 bucks. 
Plus, this year, we're adding a special Stone Age showdown to the panel where we'll decide who the best video game mad scientist is. Head over to TooManyGames.com for more information on the convention. We'll be going on at 2 p.m. on Saturday, June 22nd, and it's going to be a blast. We'll see you there. Do you like video games and also hate colon cancer? Well, so does GeekAid.com, which is why GeekAid has teamed up with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance for the 4th Annual Pain in the Assathon. It's a 24-hour video game marathon where GeekAid staff will take on Pain in the Ass video games for charity. Be sure to follow GeekAid on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube because the Pain in the Assathon is coming up in August. Stay tuned to GeekAid and Mutant Musing social media for more details. All right. All right. Oof. So, for this month's Mutant Memories, to unofficially, officially kick off our summer series, we're going to be talking about the Pride of the X-Men pilot. X-Men. Yeah. Okay, now speaking of that, what is the actual lyric? Because I tried to look up <laughs> lyrics, Beast and they're... <laughs> no, I, I've listened to this. I watched the rewatched this the other day with headphones on, and I still couldn't figure it out. X-Men. Yeah. I always thought yeah. it was saves the day because it's something the day. Yes. So I was like, yes. all right, it, but it definitely doesn't sound like saves. Like, what else could it be? Wins? That doesn't really add up either. I don't know. So I found conflicting viewpoints on the internet. Half of the internet says saves the day. The other half of the internet says this today. <laughs> X-Men, this today. This today. This today. I don't know. Take your fucking pick. But it's probably one of those. <laughs> All right, so so a quick history. For those of you who don't know about this cartoon, it was released in 1989. It was an animated television pilot originally broadcast in 1989 on the Marvel Action Universe television block. Television? Which television. Include, which included the RoboCop and Dino Rider cartoons and later Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. The pilot aired infrequently, uh, was later released on video, and it later served as the basis for Konami's X-Men arcade game. Mm-hmm. And now it was written by a man named Larry Parr, who is a New Zealand film and TV producer. And he went on to write two episodes of X-Men the Animated Series, one of which is Have Yourself a Morlock Little Christmas, which I fucking <laughs> love. This man wrote the Pride of the X-Men pilot and one of my favorite episodes of that cartoon. Honestly, it wasn't the writing that was really awful in this. The writing was totally emblematic of the, uh, of the era. Like, it was just such a product of 1989. So, like, you gotta, you gotta view the writing with, like, a, the, the right kind of goggles. But, yeah, no, I didn't think the writing was, was I a thought problem. that the writing was, like, the least of the problems what did you have a problem with the animation which i know was also a product of its time but also the voice acting was fucking awful yeah that's that's really the only issue i have with it i i I rather like the look of this um like yeah the animation itself is like doesn't move super smoothly but considering what this was and and the time that we're talking about pre-batman the animated series here so the fact that this moved as nicely as it did um and was had as, as much detail as it did because you know you compare this to something like the the nineties X Men cartoon on Fox and you know you're looking at stuff like you know their early episodes like um, Night of the Sentinels where you've got a lot of detail going on but as the show went on and the budget got cut you know there was a lot of like really super wonky animation in that and by and large this was a pretty quality you know, pretty high quality put together thing like 
you know, the stuff in the beginning where Emma makes a little like brain dart or whatever that she throws at the the truck. Like uh, she's throwing lightning for some reason. It looks like <laughs> phenomenal. Some sort of like, telepathic spear. I love. Yeah, it. like she thinks about it for a second, then she's got this big long spear that just kind of blows up the truck. And but you're you're absolutely right. The voicing acting is just ridiculous in this show, especially like Emma <sighs> sounds like a really old woman. Like that's what I said. I said she sounds like she's ninety. I think they. So, I think she was. I'm pretty sure the voice actress at the time was an old woman that they got the voice her, which is bonkers. She was in her forties. The woman is now around seventy or so. I looked this up because Patty made this. Patty made the same exact comment, and I can sort of hear it. But I, you know, I just feel like is she supposed to sound like a bad lady? So she's got that sort of raspy voice. But yeah, the voice actress was in her forties at the time. Yikes! I, no, yeah, just, that was an just awful wrong. Voice. Yeah, that was a bad <laughs> choice. That was just flat out incorrect. Also, Kitty, Kitty's voice was bothering me the whole fucking episode because it was the same <laughs> voice actor that did Phil and Lil on Rugrats. Oh my and god! And she did the same <laughs> voice as Lil. The entire episode, and I was like, I am going to kill somebody. That also blew my mind, because I never made that connection, and I went back and I watched it this morning, because Patty and I watched it together yesterday. I watched it this morning to make some notes, and I'm listening for it, and I couldn't really hear it until the one scene where Kitty is running away from Magneto, and then, yeah, it was like spot on yeah it's totally the same of lil it's totally yeah. the same thing it's far more grating in this too because yeah. at least when it yeah. when it was lil it was like okay it's a baby but in this one yeah, it's just true. like oh shut the hell up please <laughs> just stop talking yeah this wouldn't have been as bad as if i listened to it without the sound on and I, just had captions i don't understand you guys <laughs> i loved the voice acting in this. That was you like are one high. of my favorite things about it. I literally don't do drugs, Patty. Put, put some down of the them. cocaine. Some <laughs> of them. So, you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm on both your sides on this one because yeah, like Emma was fucking terrible and Kitty just makes, she sounds like someone's running a cat over a cheese grater. I'm just not cool with that one. <laughs> yeah. But the rest of the characters, Wolverine's hysterical <laughs> Australian accent, hysterical, nonsensical Australian accent is just phenomenal it's just wonderful the professor x sounds great you know he sounds just like the stick up his ass kind of more you know not moron but you know he sounds like professor x like everyone sounded like they were supposed to sound like magneto was very 80s comic book villain um yeah yeah like toad Toad was igor toad was igor like come on that was great (laughs) and um you know, Blob was a little too stupid, right? Like, yeah, he was. was. He was a, missing words. Where'd go? <laughs> like, oh, oh boy, wow! You're just you're just playing that you're just playing that card, aren't you? It's a way to go, guys. Um, but you know, Nightcrawler was great. You know, not oh, that man, moves the Blob, so and I wouldn't dream of trying. <laughs> like, he was so great. good. It was great. No, but. But and what I mean is like when I say I loved it, it's not that you know I love it because it was award winning. Like you, you just made it like a great point. You know, Nightcrawler, I legitimately loved. Not not much of this voice acting though was like serious quality, but I loved it regardless because of how ridiculous it was. Like I don't remember watching this when it came out. I probably didn't, although I was of age too. But. I, I probably would have loved this at five years old and would have thought all of the voices fit perfectly, you know? I mean, obviously, like, as an adult watching this for the first time, like, years ago, whenever it was, yeah, I thought it was it was kind of stupid, but st- I still appreciate it for, 
for what it is. You guys are talking about the animation for what it is, and I'm talking about the voice acting for what it is no. to be marketed towards a, like a child audience. Oh you know? my goodness! Well, you you actually you hit that right on the head because I got this when I was a kid. Um, I got this shortly after the X Men cartoon premiered on Fox. I picked mm-hmm. up this on VHS at Toys R Us, and I just I just loved it because I was totally into that X Men cartoon on Fox and then this was like this other animal and I had played the arcade game before and I was like oh, oh my god you. this is what the arcade game is based on this is so cool and you know it was really the, a lot of it was you know Stanley's voice in the beginning like true believers and all that <laughs> stuff like makes you feel like a kid because I was a yeah. kid when I watched it and just yeah. really kind of gets you, you no know, look out for your, your classmates they might be mutants I'm like oh cool and like just the animation of how imposing magneto was like when the the way they drew him breaking out of that like super electric trap or thing whatever the wizard's in <laughs> when he finally just flexes he just flexes his way out of it then grabs his cape and walks forward like this super villain swagger was so phenomenal and like that whole thing captured my imagination as a kid but you mentioned watching it as a five-year-old just before we started recording i was watching this with my five-year-old son <laughs> and my two-year-old daughter and um Usually they don't sit and really watch things with narratives. Um, they're not super into TV shows, to be honest with you. Like, they'll watch Cat in the Hat or something. But they don't do a ton of screen time watching TV shows because they're just not super into them. Um, sure. This one, John just kind of, they both just crawled up on my lap and they were both just totally into it. Just sitting there completely <laughs> watching it, like, just thrilled because it was aimed squarely at them. And when it was over, this is great. I asked, I, I asked them what they thought, and um, Ellie, Ellie, my daughter, turned up, just straight up said, "That guy was not nice." <laughs> Assuming she's talking about Magneto, and so I looked at John. I was like, "John, what did you think? Did you like it?" He's like, "Yeah, I thought it was great." I said, "Who is your favorite X Men?" And he thought about it for a second. He said, "Cyclops, because he shoots lasers out of his eyes." Yeah. Boo. And then, and then, and then Ellie kicked in with the best review ever. She said, "My X Ray is Batman." <laughs> it's like yes you you are raising you are raising your kids right no you're not if if cyclops is his favorite i'm sorry you need to do some work you gotta look at it so first off this was his first real interaction with wolverine because the only his first interaction with most of these characters actually because his only other experience with x-men has been um we have the five minute marvel stories book and um, the it tells a uh, like it's it's a storybook version of all these different you know classic uh, comic books, huh. and the X Men chapter is essentially a retelling of X Men number one, like the old X Men mm-hmm. number one where Magneto goes and you know hijacks the the the, the military can place or whatever the I forget what it's called the military base. There you go. Yeah, it's basically retells that story um, and as a as a children's storybook. So his. Oh, what he really knows cool. of the X-Men are that I love them <laughs> and uh, he knows <laughs> Magneto and then he knows, uh, you know, the original class, you know, Beast in his human form, Angel, Iceman, Cyclops, Jean Grey. So when we booted this one up and we're watching it, he was a, a little taken aback because he understood, you know, he knew Professor X, he knew Magneto, but then, you know, this is his first time seeing Juggernaut, his first time seeing First time seeing Cyclops's power animated, and Cyclops isn't much of a dick in this. You know, they don't get into his character like at all. He's just he's super super good guy who can shoot lasers out of his eyes. So like, 
Yeah. He is always a super good no. guy. Excuse you. Are you insinuating that he is bad at other times? Yes. He is a beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> Love or hate as he's, as he's like, take a look at his portrayal in, what was it, in the X-Men cartoon. You're watching, go back to Night of the Sentinels. He's not portrayed as a bad person, but he's portrayed on the opposite side of the cool character, which is Wolverine. So yeah. this one, they don't really do that. There's no friction there. Um, there's no Jean Grey. <laughs> there's, it's just, yeah, which is a, it's a strange choice, but whatever. So yeah, I, I got it. You know, I looked at it like, I thought that was interesting that that was his favorite character that he pulled out with Cyclops. You know, I'm sure part of it was because he remembered him, but also part of it was because he got some of the cooler action sequences where he got to shoot lasers out of his eyes. But I thought he was going to go with Colossus because he likes Mr. Incredible. And I figured, you know, Colossus did some super cool stuff where he got to fight the Juggernaut, but whatever. I adore this 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 thing. It's such a Absolutely. it's such a slice of its time and it's it's so much more simple and it was really fun watch because I, you know, I've rewatched this a handful of times over the years just out of my own personal nostalgia, but then putting my kids in front of this was interesting because you look at a lot of the more modern cartoons and they are very much they're four kids on paper, but they have so much mythology steeped in them. They get super complicated and they bring in all yeah. that complicated stuff where it becomes a little bit more difficult for kids to follow it. It's not just good guys fight monster of the week, bad guy of the week kind of a thing. And that's at least for me, a big part of why I loved all of these stories as a kid, you know, why I loved the comic books as a kid, because things didn't get so complicated. You know, you pick up an X-Men comic now and like, Okay, who's on the team? Who are they fighting? And it's super co- like they're all over the place. Like that's yeah. why I, that's <laughs> why I had to read X Men from number one. Yeah, literally. You, and why you you know why there were a bunch of questions we answered for you as uh, as we're talking about the three comics that we talked yeah about. because there is no easy jumping on point for this and even it, this this really goes to comics as a thing. It's one of the reasons I was so impressed with the new fifty two. Like quality, yeah. quality aside, and some of it was quality, some of it definitely wasn't, but the bold play of saying like, this is too complicated, nobody can start reading comics. Like it's not easy to say, to walk into a comic book store and as somebody who worked in a comic book store, a kid come in and say, I want a comic book of my favorite superheroes. Like, well, who's your favorite superhero? Wolverine. Where the fuck do I begin? <laughs> right? What could you possibly do? So the fact that there that New Fifty Two was just like everything starts from scratch right here, and I always kind of feel like there should be some sort of general line of like let's just retell these same stories over and over again for kids. Let's keep it simple: Spider Man versus Green Goblin, you know, X Men versus Magneto. Let's do simple stories like this over and over again, just for kids, you know. And the fact that that's not super accessible is kind of problematic because I've wanted to get my kids into the comic book characters. And there's a bunch of little golden books of like DC characters. You know, Ellie thinks Wonder Woman is great, but there's not a lot of things that I can actually point to them and say, well, here, enjoy this, read this book. Unless I go back to the, grab some golden age stuff or some silver age stuff. But even then that stuff hasn't aged extraordinarily well, because like I mentioned the, I mentioned the, the five minute stories, right. Retelling of X-Men one. So we read that a bunch of times and he really liked it. So then I went and got my um, reprint of X-Men 1, and we read it, and he couldn't have carried less. And it's not the comic format, because we read the Mega Man comics together all the time, and he thinks they're great. It's just that the stories have aged so much, we've gotten better at telling these stories. So sure. They're so wordy. There's like five million words in those comics. Right? They take so long to read. 
I, it would take me like 40 minutes to read one issue. Yeah, as a kid, I got the um, this hardcover collection, Marvel Masterworks, mm-hmm. uh, that had X-Men 1 through 10. They're and, so boring. Yeah, and, and I remember how long it took me to get through that and how kind of weird it was. Because, you know, even when I was a kid reading that, and it was the 90s, like, your comics were typically even in the 90s wordier than they are now. But, like, that was so much for me to get through and it was so weird you're absolutely right and watching this this morning with my kids was such a strange eye-opener because i'd never thought about it before but <laughs> this is so brilliantly paced for kids because it it never goes too long before something happens like anytime i started to see um john's uh, attention wane something flashy would happen on the screen like they talk just long enough until somebody broke something you know or somebody started <laughs> throwing things around like it was it was it's actually really brilliantly paced for a kid's cartoon, you know, and you can watch something like I tried showing a Batman the Animated Series and he got bored pretty quick because sometimes that show doesn't go into a lot of Batman Batmaning, you know, like they it got a little <laughs> melodramatic from time to time. So I'm thinking like in a year or two, that'll probably be great for him. But, you know, I want to I want to start him on this stuff because I, I, I want him to have that same kind of like fun imagination that I did when I was a kid. And I'm trying to remember when I I mean, I must have been closer to like 10 or something when i started watching geez when the hell did the x-men cartoon come on 91 92 92 92. so i halloween 11 all right so yeah i was born yeah (laughs) it's a it's it's there's gonna be it's gonna be a little while before he can because i'm not gonna show him the movies right i tried showing him some of the spider-man movie the other day because he he says he likes spider-man an awful lot probably because he just likes the design so i showed him like the toby Maguire spider-man for some of it and like I'd turn it off because, like, okay, well, Uncle Ben's going to die now. And eventually, you know, Green Goblin's going to impale himself. Like, I don't really want my five-year-old seeing all that right now. Like, it's he's not going to think that's fun. So, I don't I would, This was perfect. I would, yeah, I would think, you know, maybe in a few years, see if he, if he wants to see any of that stuff. But, you know, until then, just keep replaying Pride of the X-Men. <laughs> yes. For him until he has it memorized. And then what's going to be and amazing... And then the 92 cartoon. Is that, is that your son is going to grow up thinking and reading Wolverine with an Australian accent. Oh, my God. And no, then when no, he finally that. sees... No, we're going X-Men 92. No way. <laughs> when he finally sees the movie, he's going to be like... Wait, why the hell doesn't he have an Australian accent? This isn't Wolverine. What the fuck is this guy doing? This is funny. Oh, man, we watched that for that. a second, right? And Karen came in right at the very end. My my <laughs> wife, Karen, she came in right at the very end, and um, she looked at the she she heard Wolverine talk, and she looked at me. He's like, "Is that why they cast Hugh Jackman because he's Australian?" I was like, "No, no, no. This is wrong. Ignore oh this. <laughs> this this so, is incorrect." So- so funny story about this. Like I had watched this a couple of times somewhere in the 2000s when I first saw it. And, you know, I mean, I feel like I've told the story of how Patty and I met on here before. But when we were just friends and I was like, like crushing on her, I, uh, I, I told her that I wanted her to watch Pride of the X-Men because I just thought this would be hilarious. You know, because I knew where she's a fan of the X-Men, too, and she had never seen this. So, you know, I pulled it, pulled it up on YouTube or whatever. And now I had never heard patty's uh hiccup laugh before (laughs) which she had told me about but i had never actually heard it and so we're watching it you know it comes out a lot when i'm drunk she's like uh (laughs) stupid or whatever but then that one scene where you know kitty gets introduced to the rest of the x-men and wolverine opens his mouth for the first time he's like 
What? She's not joining the X-Men. She, she's just a kid. <laughs> like, that's the first time I heard Patty hiccup laugh. I, and it was I had was to amazing. rewind my tape because <laughs> I didn't understand a fucking word he said. <laughs> I, I'm watching it for the I first time because I had seen, I remember I bought this after I had been watching the 92 cartoon. So I bought this and he started talking like, what the f- what? <laughs> Rewound it. I had to listen to it like three times to understand just what the words it was saying because the accent is not just is Australian. It's super thick Australian, like obscenely I thick. I love it. Yeah, man. I, I love It was that the accent. most ridiculous thing that I had ever seen. Also, I really liked the part where they're in the uh, Asteroid M yeah. and Meg, like for just no explained reason, there's just this little flying purple dragon <laughs> and Magneto and goons keep kicking him for no reason. And then Kitty shows up and she's like, oh, Kitty. And she starts patting it and she just they're like we need to escape now and she's like okay i'm taking this guy (laughs) i'm gonna take this dragon with me and then at the end it's all like super cute like isn't that right buddy and then it spits fire and nobody bats an eye like she's got a dragon that spits fire like i know we're mutants and this is pretty weird but that's some D &D shit right there we should talk about this She did not even address him in Asteroid M, but when it's about to blow, as she starts to run, she picks him up and protects him and runs away. (laughs) Yeah, I thought... Listen, listen. I thought he was just going to run with her, but he actually... She actually grabbed him. He ended up saving the fucking day. Do you realize that? When when Kitty knocks, like, Magneto down or, or, like, grabbed him Mm -hmm. or something... He bites his leg right through the boot. He bit his ankle... And that caused Magneto's aim to be off and shoot the fucking thing to get Scorpio to veer away from Earth. Fucking Lockheed saved the fucking day. Mm-hmm. That was I'm amazing. Proud of him. I love Lockheed. He was so good. Other than the animal abuse for no reason that led up <laughs> to that. It's how you know they're the bad <laughs> guys. Guy. Besides the fact no, that they true. actually refer to themselves as terrorists. As terrorists, yes. Yes, abs- absolutely. Which makes all the sense in the world. I mean, world. it's about, it's about oh, as man. much sense as the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but, you know, whatever. It, yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. So, uh, what else is there to say about this cartoon? Uh, watch it. Oh, if you're an X-Men fan, the, watch it. Find it and watch it. <laughs> well, I, I have to mention Pyro, though. I'm oh, so you do. happy that you do, yes. Pyro... I'm so happy that he was featured in this cartoon. He was absolutely fucking amazing. He's beautiful, as always. There's never a time when Pyro is not beautiful. Um, That fire net. What a dick move, right? It's like, I'm going to make this net of flames so you can see them die. Like, I'm going to torture this shit. Like, that was so mean. Loved it. Whatever. Whatever. He's got his reasons. And I I can't blame him because his reasons are his own. So, wait, I I had a question because i was thinking about this was there an avengers cartoon at the time at that time i do not believe so because i thought that there was one in like 91 93 or something like that i was a little i was wondering about this um why they put emma on the team since she was never part of the brotherhood and i figured because they needed a girl they for some reason didn't want to go with scarlet witch and quicksilver i'm like why didn't they go with scarlet witch and quicksilver well, I mean, at that time, the two of them were heroes. You know, they yeah. were Avengers. And, and I, I get what you're saying, but it's but probably... Like a five-year-old kid wouldn't know that, probably. Yeah, no, you're right. But maybe they just didn't want them portrayed that way? I don't... I honestly, I don't know the reasoning. Because also, I mean, you look at Magneto's Brotherhood. This this wasn't a team that worked together especially at at that time yeah uh you know like you said emma was never part of the brotherhood she was uh she was in the 
Hellfire Club. And that's her only sort of connection to Magneto that way. Toad looked like his early, had the early 60s look, but yet there was Pyro on this team, which, you know, was the early 80s. Mystique was nowhere to be found. I don't know why they didn't want to put Mystique in there. Oh, yeah, they could have used her instead of... And they used her in the and they used her in the video game, uh, the arcade game. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I honestly, I don't know why they made all the choices that they made. But I, I will tell you this: I looked up some of this information. Um, you know, I started out with you know the year that it was released, and I told you about the guy that wrote this, and like I didn't just fucking know that; I fucking googled it. So there wasn't really, I don't think, much explanation for why things were the way that they were, except for why. Fans of the X-Men were unhappy with this cartoon <laughs> because of basically how it didn't stick to the comics. They called out exactly what you were calling out, like, oh, these characters haven't worked together before. Oh, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? But one of the things I was most curious about, and I assumed that this was the mistake that they made, why Wolverine <laughs> had an Australian accent. So the quote that I pulled from Wikipedia, and there are sources for this too, Most importantly, fans were upset at the sound of the traditionally Canadian Wolverine speaking with an Australian accent. This casting error seemed to stem from a brief run-through of the script in which, mockingly, Wolverine calls the traditionally Australian character Pyro a dingo. That's what I figured it was. Because he called him a dingo, mockingly, but somebody took that script and was like, huh, so this guy's got an Australian accent too. Now it says in the final version, and you see this in the cartoon... Wolverine calls Toad a dingo rather than Pyro. So you don't see that in the actual final cartoon. So the storyboard artist ended up being the voice director, tried to get out of this and blame the comics for Australian <laughs> Wolverine. He said it was going to turn out in the comics that Wolverine was an, expa- an expatriated Australian. And the direction of the character, however, never got beyond the plotting stages and Wolverine remains Canadian in the comics. And so there's mountains and mountains of evidence that he had never been anything but Canadian and was so closely tied to Canada in the comics. So I think this guy was just trying to point fingers. Oh, obviously. (laughs) But, yeah, this guy clearly dropped the ball, and the ball landed in Australia. (laughs) Very strange. I thought that was a neat little tidbit. But that's something I suspected forever, because I I had always remembered Wolverine calling somebody, I didn't remember who, a dingo, in the cartoon, and I was like, that's probably why they made they made him have an Australian accent. Stupid. But uh, but it's funny, and it's a part of history, so, you know, what are you going to do? So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. And Chris, if uh, if the listeners want to find you, where would they find uh, well, you? You can find me on Twitter occasionally. I check my notifications at Geekade Chris. Um, you can find me in the pages of Nintendo Force. You can listen to me on the Stone Age Gamer podcast every Friday at both Geekade.com and StoneAgeGamer.com. Uh, you can hear me now on this episode, uh, which is fun. Um, yeah, and, and various other places. I'm around. Uh, did you enjoy Pride of the X-Men? And do you think Emma was written well in Uncanny X-Men number 19? Join us next time when we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. And until then... Australian Wolverine was right. She just a kid!